0: Welcome back, Kofkin Bond listeners. Uh, you have Willard in the chair. Jamie is busy on some business calls, so I've jumped
1: in with Tony. How okay. are you going? Good. Looking forward to having a chat with you, Willard. It's uh, it's much easier talking to you than it is to Jamie. Yeah, a bit more free flowing. Um, Thirty years in the industry. On the the 14th? 14th of February, just gone. So last uh, Tuesday, Valentine's, Monday, sorry, Valentine's Day. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so it's uh, 30 years now in the industry, seeing a lot of change, a lot of good and bad, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of crashes in bull and bear markets. Plenty of regulation in the last few years. Seriously, the red tape. I mean, it's interesting because I did make the comment in one of my posts that, as much as the industry is over regulated or overburdened with a lot of red tape, stuff that clients don't see, care about, want, um, unfortunately it is there for the client's protection and and when you have um, the banking royal commission and things like that, it focused on the what was happening which was bad in the industry. It didn't focus on the 95% of stuff that's good, but unfortunately, rules are always made to protect consumers from the 5% that are bad, uh, which then overburden everyone and duplicate processes and increase costs for the 95% that are good. And that's and that's and it's to the detriment of people because they can't necessarily afford advice, and it's because we need three or four extra staff members. To just cover ourselves from the red tape perspective, so it's it's there for a, the reasoning was correct. It's there for a noble reason and the right reasons, but it just hasn't given the outcome uh, that was always what they always wanted. So, but in saying that, our job is to always make sure clients are in a far better position than what they were prior to seeing us, and that's what you know. It's as I've always said, uh, you know, we we are in business to help clients achieve their goals in the most conservative manner possible. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. Alright,
0: um, today's topic we're going to be talking about greenwashing. Uh, I do have a little what is greenwashing? Well, ESG yeah.
1: investments in general, which stands for really ethical or environment sustainability yeah. and corporate governance. As the world's shifting towards a more
0: greener future, um, I will just read out this I- definition from Investopedia. Greenwashing is a process of conveying a false impression or providing misleading information about how a company's products are more environmentally sound. Greenwashing is considered an unsustainable claim to deceive consumers into believing that a company's products are
1: environmentally friendly. Mm. Yes or total investment philosophy is environmentally friendly. And we do have one of Australia's largest energy companies at the moment is trying to get the tick of approval uh, as an ethical green investment, but 85% of its revenue still comes from coal. Yeah. It's uh, a little bit hard, you know, to ignore that fact. Yes, they have divested, but still a little bit hard to ignore that fact. Yeah, and, uh, and funny even, funny. You know, even, you know, Elon Musk got uh, a bit of a smacking. I mean, he did it to perfection, as, as Mr. Musk uh, often does. Uh, but went and bought you know billions of dollars in Bitcoin, um, and then announced the world: we just bought Bitcoin. You can buy Teslas on Bitcoin. Mm. And then it came out. You do realise that you know Argentina's entire energy production over the space of a year is one day of mining Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, energy production. Oh really? And then he goes and sells all his Bitcoin when he's pushed it up by. 100% or whatever, yeah, if that he goes and sells work. it, and then the next day he says, oh, we've decided to sell it because of this, and then it goes, d- dives, after he's the one who's just turned around spooked and, up, yeah. and spooked it up it up in the first place, made all this profit, and then didn't say to people, listen, we're getting out of it because, he said, we've decided to get out of it because, and it's, um, yeah, so a bit of greenwashing there from uh, good old Elon, but he walked away with another billion in his pocket.
0: Yeah, I think it was nearly
1: one of the most really turning
0: points for tesla to be making a profit by investing <laughs> and spinning money so <laughs> yeah funny old thing um so yeah um, don't some, get me started will it <laughs> so just on the greenwashing conversation uh some super funds advertise their green credentials and their or their investments yeah um their investment mandate essentially so and some of them do it through their other mm. in quotation marks so do mm. you want to elaborate a bit on that
1: Yeah, it is interesting and, I mean, these are actual statistics so we can quote it, but there was a good article that was in the Fin Review even two days ago where uh, super funds, uh, they're they're getting pressure from activists and lobby groups to divest out of, even to the fact of divesting out of companies, so like your typical, your mining companies, uh, etc., which when people think of the environment, you know, it's, it's... pretty emotive when you have pictures of the earth being ripped to pieces and massive holes and, you know, and, and you know, Willard, I, I know you have a green thumb if, uh, if, I mean, you're the person who recycles everything in here, has put all that together, even the food scraps and you got your worm farm and you volunteer down at the Arrow River, just uh, cleaning up just in your free time. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's extremely admirable. So I, I do know that you very much have green credentials, even though you do have an electronic scooter, you could just use leg power. Uh, but, so it's, it's not uh, as fun. It doesn't <laughs> so go 45 Ks. No, this is true. Um, but in saying that, though, the, uh, I think um, you know, the super funds have said, no, we're going to stay in Santos and we're going to stay in Woodside. Uh, so even though, and there's been pressure on banks to not loan funds to these organisations, uh, but the super funds have said no. So the super funds, a super fund's mandate is to invest on behalf of clients and make a return in line with the risk profile and get as better return, as good a return as possible with the minimal amount of risk, and that's the predominant mandates of superannuation funds. So all of a sudden they do, so for example, when uh, Rio Tinto, and I will say wrongfully, um, and I'm um, not being as harsh on this podcast as what I might be, blew up the Aboriginal caves. Um, there was a lot of, you know, there's obviously a lot of bad press and there was a lot of pressure on the industry super funds to so divest out of Rio Tinto, and they did. And now... The question is: Is would they still hold Rio Tinto shares today if Rio didn't blow up the Aboriginal caves? And I would suggest the answer would be yes. Some of the industry funds who talk about their green credentials and remember that a lot of money go, well, all the money that goes into the industry super funds is superannuation guarantee money, and a lot of that is the workforce. Um, age between your sort of 25 up until around about 45 because once people get to a decent balance they realise there's more to life and and take a bit of an interest and move out but in saying that though they're the activists they're the ones who have more of a green uh, thought process and a green mind than say uh, my generation and even older so what you have though is when you have yeah listen we're, we're going to go really hard on Rio Tinto and we're divesting all of our money out of Rio Tinto and we won't invest in Rio Tinto. And that's fine, but they also have $1.5 billion invested in nuclear arms manufacturers. And so do AWARE Super and so do all the other super funds as well. So on one hand you can say we won't invest in Rio because of what they've done and good on them for doing that, but we'll still hold BHP. And, we're still at uh, and oh, look, look, we still have Woodside, and I look, look—we could actually make some decent dollars off people who manufacture. You know, we're not talking people who manufacture uh, nuclear renewable energy. Clean nuclear yeah, clean energy, and green, yeah. yeah, clean and green. I know you and I are big advocates for that because mm, it helps. Makes it. Sense, yeah. Well, it, it reduces the cost of power, and it's it's very green, and yeah, and, like and, would, um, and it reduces poverty
0: dramatically. Yeah. So I think one of the statistics I heard is that the amount of nuclear energy, like the waste of a lifetime of energy use, is the size of a coke can. Yeah. So I think, like, yeah, if you do your mass and if you'd be able to store it away properly, yeah, it just makes
1: sense. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is that nuclear energy is not like the nuclear power plants Mm -hmm. uh, that were built in In the late 60s and early 70s. uh, They are unbelievably safe nowadays yeah, it's those old stigma. plants it is, is the, but it is a stigma because you know it wasn't so long ago when, when I was a child Willard uh, long before you were a twinkle in your parents eyes but basically it was a case of that um, you know we were all worried about the end of the world because mm-hmm. of the nuclear arms race I mean when you had just Russia and the US alone had enough nuclear weapons to, uh, to destroy the, the world like 400 times yes. wasn't destroying it once enough yeah, <laughs> so, it's so, so yeah, to make sure of it. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but in saying that, this is not investing in companies that are building nuclear energy and green energy. This is investing in companies that are building weapons of mass destruction. Mm. And when we, you know, we went to a war because of uh, weapons of mass destruction that were never found. Uh, or might never have existed. Uh, so it uh, might be been political. Looking for again. exploring for something else. <laughs> so yeah. That's right, but Who knows? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But in saying that, though, the um, you still have. You can't do that. I mean, and it, even if you take for example, uh, Talus, you know, huge global engineering firm. Do they tick the the UN 17 sustainability goals? Do they tick a lot of those goals? They do. They certainly they have. A huge amount of... They're a French company, uh, but they're global. Uh, they've got a big office here in Melbourne and uh, just up in Bendigo as well. I employ a lot of people up in Bendigo. Uh, they pay very high wages. They've got very highly educated uh, engineers. Uh, they have a huge amount of female engineers uh, working there as well. So there's equality. There's a uh, lot of corporate boxes. governance. They tick a lot of the boxes. But they design and make weapons for the military. Mm. Not a good box to tick. <laughs> so it's uh, so. And, and that's as an example, you know, they tick a lot of the boxes, but you can't invest in mm. in them when they, uh, you know, they build weapons. Yeah. Uh, and, and once again, you know, weapons nowadays. Uh, you know, we're not even just talking about an automatic weapon that can fire 40 rounds. You know, in mm. in two or three seconds. In yeah. two or three seconds, we're talking about know weapons of mass destruction we're talking about damage, uh, yeah. that's right so we're talking bombs that can down entire buildings and kill thousands of people you know things like that so so but ba- so based on that you, even though they would tick a lot of boxes under the UN 17 goals they you can't invest in that. and I'm not suggesting in this case that the industry super funds do but this is an example of greenwashing Mm. yeah yeah all right um at a seminar, you said you
0: came across an individual that um, somewhat baited you. Do you want to shed light on that
1: for the listeners? Yeah, I was asked to give, um, I this is years ago now, but I was asked to give my views on ESG investing in a seminar. And you know, there's probably 100-odd people there. And uh, so I, I actually gave my thought process, our investment philosophy behind it, uh, some of the things we really like, uh, where some companies, you know, like, for example, the International Fund Manager, who we have as part of our ESG Fund Trillium, um, and they're not just ESG investors, they're also ESG activists. They help companies become uh, eligible to be on their ESG uh, panel, and their returns have been stellar, absolutely stellar. Um, and. When you actually have a look at that, and we are talking about all that, and I just had a member of the audience turn around to me and said, and he knew me, uh, and he said, uh, didn't necessarily like me, but he said, so what's your views on uh, climate change? How do you feel about climate change? I knew what his views were. Um, and... And he knew that I was certainly vote in a certain way, which is not for the Greens Party, as an example. Or your wallet. Yeah, so that's right. I'm an economic voter. And my answer was, which was off the cuff, and I think this is a lot of people, is that it actually doesn't matter whether you actually believe in climate change or not. Surely the world will be a better place if it was cleaner. If mm. the oceans were cleaner, you know, if there were actual... Not as much pollution. If there were fish within, ice. yeah, 200 exactly kilometres. Economy, yeah. I mean, the ocean is vast, but all, all the uh, the fish live within 200 kilometres of shorelines. Mm. Uh, they don't live out in the middle of the ocean. So yeah. it's, um, you know, so well, not in the vast quantities mm. and things like that. Obviously, you have the tuna lots out there, but we're still talking within a 200-kilometre yeah, radius, I think, for I sure. Because that's, that's where the food is. Yeah, I think that's like 60% of the marine life they've live... Um,
0: kilometre from a coral reef. Yeah, that's, so that's right. it's like, it's
1: insane. Exactly right. So when, when you've got, um, so, and, you know, just in respect to the amount of plastic in the oceans and, you know, just waste. And even, you know, I've, I've often said, you get something, why is it triple wrapped? You know, you know and even, even the fact of when, and it's not in the US anymore, but they used to have plastic straws individually wrapped in plastic. And it's just like of waste! I and mean, then, okay, let's let's uh, wrap them now in paper. you are cutting down trees uh, mm. to wrap them in paper. Okay, we'll use recycled paper. You know, so it's, it's why do you why do you have it? Mm. You know, so and even when it comes, I've always said this about you know Australia and flushing the toilet. We flush drinking water down our toilets. Yeah, right. It just means, especially Boy, in a choice. country that you know has quite a lot of sun and sometimes not as much water. Mm. So it just it just doesn't make much sense to me whatsoever. So. Surely the world would just be a far better place if it was cleaner and one of the ways of actually making the world a cleaner place is not just through clean energy but it's also through alleviating poverty. Mm. Now from a poverty perspective as well we actually have far lower levels of poverty now even more than what we had a decade ago or two decades ago or three decades ago so as a percentage basis is certainly decreasing um, on an annual basis. But when you've actually got uh, poverty, you, uh, I think the statistic is I was talking to you about the other day, but like one in ten children uh, who live in poverty die of asphyxiation, so basically smoke inhalation from parents who are burning wood because mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, and, and coal is even cheaper than that. And, you know, and yeah. it's it's just that so, that is just so sad. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of the... I think it was Jordan Peterson who gave the quote, but it was like seven million children a year are seriously affected through their health Mm. uh, through pollution from just living in poverty.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, like you have that Western view on the world, and and it's so funny because yeah, us being in the Western world, and we have that world view of like all of our
1: first world problems, (laughs)
0: first world problems. (laughs) But we also like we probably can't even conceptual conceptualise that. Why are people burning in the house? Yeah. Like, what, what are they burning? Like, are they just trying to keep warm? And then it's, it's yeah, I, and I heard the same things, yeah. yeah kids, kids getting sick just because they're trying to stay warm or cook.
1: Well, you don't die of starvation nowadays. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, there, there's more food, and I'm not saying nutritious food, uh, but, you know, you don't have people in the U.S. like you had during the Great Depression dying of starvation. Yeah, there's, uh, because it is, uh, and the unfortunate thing is, and Nova Paris was talking to us about this, when it comes to clean food hygiene, mm. you know, where you got the Aboriginal communities and, say, uh, the homeless in the US and things like that, and a lot of the homeless is through drug, uh, you know, opioids and things like that, so drug dependency. Mm. But, you know, it's it's cheaper for them to buy McDonald's than what it is to buy an oh, apple. Or pasta or anything. And then, that's right. And then the fallacy for the government
0: up there to say, oh, they just don't want fresh food. And then when they got it up there... That Oh, shit. That's cities. right. So it was. It was
1: just like. Well, wow. I mean, it was. What was it? It was some ridiculous thing where it was like to get a apple or uh, greens or fruit to the Aboriginal, uh, the Indigenous communities in the Outback. It had to, you know, like do seventy thousand kilometres of travel. By the time it got there, it was rotten and crap mm. and stuff that you wouldn't have eaten back in the 1940s. Yeah. You know. So, and it's just like. Yeah, guess what? They're going to have McDonald's Mm. um, or the creamy pasta in the Uh, petrol station, you know, which is not that nutritious. And everything's made with palm oil and all the rest Mm. of it. But it's cheaper to fill themselves up on junk, which is rubbish, which then, of course, causes the diabetic epidemic and and everything else that actually comes with it. And with bad eating, bad hygiene, bad sleep, uh, creates mental illness issues as well. But no one's dying of starvation. Mm because, well I don't have to go hungry, but I'll just go fat. Mm. You know, so, and it, and it is just so sad. And you have a look at, you know, people like Nova and what she's doing, it's just, it's sensational. But mm. once again, it's how do you support these groups and how do you get that message out there? And one of the things I've always said was, well you can talk with your dollars and where well, you invest with your dollars. You yeah, know, one so of the cool. clients this morning, he he's, you know, he's, he's putting <laughs> a bucket load, uh, massive s- extra, you know, seven figures, uh, but even in the mid-range, uh, into the ESG fund. Uh, and he's retired, and he's, he's a person who's held BHP shares and all the rest yeah, of that as he's well. he's gone so. through
0: the, all the cycles Absolutely. of the ASX. Um, yeah, just on that, um, so even this older client that mm. you're talking about, he probably has some um, qualms around the returns of an ethical fund.
1: Yeah, I mean, historically, and especially in Australia, where, you know, in, in cyclical markets, but you've often had uh, great returns from the resource sector um, in Australia. So, and we, we do have a cyclical market, and, you know, basically, you Very know, the concentrated. big. Yeah, that's right. You know, the big Australian. So, basically, you had you know, BHP, Rio, and the banks uh, yeah, was over half of the market. One biotech and a couple of. Yeah. Supermarkets. That's yeah. right, That's exactly. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So it's, um, and there's Australia. Yeah. So it's um, not much innovation there, is it? But but basically, when you look at that historically, or the perception has actually been that you haven't got that perception with younger people because they actually grow up caring about the environment mm-hmm. that they conscious. actually live in and things like that. And they're very conscious. Yeah, conscious is a great word. And I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, uh, because of Greta Thunberg or something like that, but um, I'm actually just talking about the fact that they are just conscious they're of… They're aware of their footprint. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, if they could still become a billionaire in crypto, they would though. No, <laughs> so it's, uh, but the thing yeah. is, is they would actually give a lot of that money back hmm. for good causes. Yeah. You know, that's where a big difference, you know, they're very charitable. Those who are quite successful at a young age are also extremely charitable. But historically what was happening is a case of, yeah, I like the idea of investing ethically, but isn't that to the detriment of my retirement? Doesn't it mean I basically earn no money Mm. and then I've just realistically got nothing, you know, in retirement? And ethical originally was where you don't have alcohol and tobacco and mining companies or nuclear or weapons manufacturers, Mm. and that was historically as far as ethical went. Uh, But when you actually look now is when we went through the actual fund performance, He we said, well, that's actually performed better than my normal model portfolio. So in actual fact, our ESG, besides the fact that probably of new investments, I would suggest that 70% is going straight towards our ESG investments at the moment. Yeah. Um, we've got, you know, and you and I did a lot of research on that and worked you know, tirelessly together for probably about 12 months. To make sure that you know, we had to right consultants and right people and right understanding of we had we had our biases. Mm. Uh, we knocked heads a few times. Uh, you know, you're, you're the young bias, and I said that's crap. <laughs> so it's uh, don't want to be too tech focused. <laughs> no, you, you basically <laughs> it's a case of you both start out here, but where do, where do we diverge into the middle that is t- still ticks those boxes that we require and actually does really great for the environment. But not to the detriment of our clients' retirement funds.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the over. greatest
1: thing is our funds have actually been the star. It's not just attracting the new money. Our funds have actually been the star performers, and you know Hester had some great ads on during the tennis or just during the Christmas break, and their superannuation ad and it was beautifully done, really beautifully done. Whichever advertising agency did it was fantastic. It had it had the young beautiful people out there making a difference in the world, and it was just. You know it's sensationally done there's this one sort of just towards the end and she's this beautiful looking um probably she might be you know sort of uh asian african-american sort of cross uh darker girl big almond eyes and you know and a shaved head and she's stunning and it's just basically you just look at her and you just think yeah, okay, this is the cool crowd, this is where we all invest our funds. And they said, Yeah, we've put $20 million into, um, we've just invested $20 million into um, affordable housing. And I thought to myself, What a fantastic ad. Considering in Melbourne and Sydney or anywhere in Australia, you don't get much for $20 million to start with. Uh, and secondly, they're a $60 billion fund. Mm-hmm that's what they get in new money contributions per day. It's not really a stretch is it? It's a great green ad once again. They're one of the people who also invest in nuclear arms manufacturers. Mm. So it's a, so based on that it's it's a case of fantastic ad, good story, have a look at what we've done, but I'm doing that. And but what I'm saying though is that you can have a pure heart, a pure ethical, a pure ESG focus or not give a damn and just looking at the returns and actually just say, I'm still investing in that way because the portfolio is damn great. So you don't have to have an ethical viewpoint. It's not going to be to the detriment of your wealth. All right. Thank you, Tony. Willard, thank you. Far more enjoyable talking to you than Jamie. Right, so he, he doesn't listen. There. He doesn't listen to any podcast. So yeah, no, yeah, we, we, I mean, uh, we can talk shit about him. Well, so. no, no. He he actually might listen to this because he's not on it. Well, that's opposite. yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So from that aspect, or maybe it's the opposite. He actually won't listen to anything that he's not talking on. We'll find out. We'll find out. Right. Well, Jamie, thank you. Pleasure.